What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Today we're talking toys, TV, movies, video games, action figures, comic books, and so much more. I'm Jack Walker Pearson. We got Lawrence St. Victor, Chris St. Victor, absolute relation, and Richard <laughs> Wilson in the house. For our main event today, we're going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we get to all that, gentlemen, what's up? How's your week been? What have you been watching, reading, playing? Tell me, please. First, I got to say, Jack, that's freaking wonderful. You're doing this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It is great. That was great. I'm retired. I'm done. You got it. Um, Since I'm talking outside, my week was all right, man. I finished Gotham Knights. That game is trash, guys. (laughs) Oh, there's the truth. There's the truth. Yo, it's it's okay gameplay if you're a really big Batman fan, but the end is so whack that I I, I don't recommend it. Maybe if you can do some co-op stuff with another big Batman fan, but no, no, don't don't even Chris throw it throw it away. It's trash can one. I paid full price. Yeah, you did. So did I. So did I. But at least I finished it. <laughs> but don't finish it. It's the waste. Um, what like, else? Don't worry. There, 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 there was no danger of me finishing it. It's terrible. What else did I do this week, man? I watched. Um, I watched. I started watching more Mandalorian. So I get back okay. into it. I kind of fell off a bit just because I'm like, I don't know uh, what the story is. I don't know who we're following. Still don't really know. But right. <laughs> it's a good time. There was something else, but I, I think that's it. I didn't have a, a big geeky week, but I think that's it. That's all I got. That's all mm-hmm. he's got. That's all I got. Rich. That's all he's got. Uh, yeah, my week was, uh, you know, my week. It was work, as usual. Um, I didn't get to go out yesterday to get a free comic. But after the movie today, I hit up my usual spots. And I bought a buy one, get one 50. And one of the 50 is going to, one of them is going to be for the, the show and tell because, uh, I gotta find to find time to read it, but I got this bad boy, The Boys oh, the Compendium, ooh, yeah. Volume nice. One, Volume One. Yeah. So right. whenever I get Good. time to uh to read it, I will. Rich, I bought that three years ago, I and care. I still I still haven't read it. Oh, right, well, I guess I'm not behind <laughs> the times. My old man Logan for a decade, and you still haven't read it. I don't read it. I don't read it. <laughs> yeah, it's so long that I had to buy a new one. <laughs> you forgot where it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what have I been? Well, I've been playing. Um, I've been playing Monster Hunter. That's it. When I when I got time or the energy to play is Monster Hunter, um, because I got that update. So you know, sharpening up my longsword skills, slaying these beasts. Um, watching Hell's Paradise, which I told y'all about, mm-hmm. and now I have I'm caught up on the episodes. It's like three, four episodes. Actually, it's more because I didn't. I, I watched the English dubbed. Yes. Yes. But um, I now have to go back and watch. I think there's like two or three episodes subbed, so oh. I'm still I'm still a couple behind. But it's dope, and we're gonna talk about an anime corner, um, or Ali, excuse me, Bupkiss on Peacock. You were saying, yeah, you you were you texted yeah us with Pete about, Davis is uh, it's pretty all right. I'm not gonna lie. I recommend oh, it. if you like Pete Davis and a little bit. Of the, they they put a big disclaimer saying that the the, the the people in it are not real, like real in depth. Like it's not real; it's all fictional. Blah 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 blah. But there was one where it was a wedding of his uncle, and at the end of at the end of the episode, he just showed all of the wedding because it was like flashing back between him growing up and then him as a kid in the wedding, right? And it was like literally like a week or two after 
his father died in 9-11. If mm. everyone don't know Pete Davis's story. Yeah. So, you know, he was like kind of going through the grieving and whatnot. And his, his uncle was like kind of, you know, being there for him. But like after that, and mind you, at the beginning of each episode, the disclaimer, after that, you see pictures of him at a wedding as a child. And I'm like, yo, this stuff this, is true. This episode happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm just like, it's fantastic. Um, Fired on Mars. That's on HBO. It's uh, oh, is that good? I, it's I, it's all right. It's it gets entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's with Luke Wilson. Pretty much, they open up a the, a, a company makes it to Mars, and they pretty much open up an office building. <laughs> right, <laughs> they have like different departments, and like one, the Luke Wilson's character, he's like a a um a graphic designer, and he gets fired. But there's like a whole thing that happens there. It, it's it, it's it gets interesting. At Definitely times. need graphic design on Mars. Yeah, like they're having like, like a whole office life and everything like that. Like this is like a whole thing. I'm just like, why would anyone go to Mars? And this is what you want to you want to do what you could have done on Earth? Okay, just working nine to five, right? and have to figure out how to pay your mortgage. But <laughs> they and then uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal. That's that's something new. Uh, I'm about like two three episodes in on that. It's about a group of uh, four four characters. Um, three of which, when they die, they get reincarnated, and then a, a robot goes back in time to whatever time period and reactivates their memory, pretty much. Yeah. It's interesting so Very far. Very complicated. Sounds complicated. I mean, a little bit, but it's all right so far. So all we'll right. see what's, what's happening. I'm like two, three episodes in tonight. I think that's all that's out right now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Deal. Okay. Chris? Uh, I've been reading this book. Um, Exorcist explains the demonic. Um, you know yeah. that movie, the Pope light Exorcist? reading, <laughs> light reading. Yeah, and right before yeah. bed. So the yeah, the, so the guy, so that movie, the Pope's Exorcist. The, he's a based on a real guy, the guy Russell Crowe's character, a Marth, and uh, he has a bunch of books yeah. about his time as an as an exorcist, being like huh. through his memoirs and his books and about exorcism and stuff like that. So. Which is interesting because I okay. true story. I once tried to petition the church for an exorcism. And the one person they had in the diocese where I was uh, died. So it died. It, it literally died there on the vine after that. But yeah. Wow. Okay. And then, Wait, uh, what? <laughs> so my, the, my, my parents' house. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My 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 parents' house is very very. And he froze. Very we, nice. we ain't supposed to talk about this. I guess We're not. We're not supposed to talk about this. Oh, no. This is how it starts, Rich. <laughs> this is how it starts. It got real bad at one point, and then I petitioned the, the, the church for an exorcism. Chris, you literally froze. No, no, as no. About to, That's no. very interesting. That was very interesting, Chris. A- anything else you'd like to report yeah. on this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't trying to get me on no hit list. <laughs> and then uh free comic book day. Yeah, Yo, someone made out like a scored. bandit. Yeah, all these free comics. Nice. My, my store was empty by the time I got there. They 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 they, they had an artist there drawing pictures for Sebastian. Oh, cool. They had a bunch of, of discounts. So and then I bought um American Gods. Hey, okay. so I'm gonna get into that. Alright, cool, cool, cool. So I'm excited for that. So I have more in here, but there's like you can see how thick the stack is. Oh, free yeah. comics. So there's a lot. There was a this this was a that's what she said. This was a good free comic book day. They they, they were all out. They had people yeah. dressed up, they had taking pictures, they had food. They, 
it was a big event, so it was good times. All right. I noticed that too, more than more than past yeah. years. You had a lot of people kind of cosplaying and 40, 40 plus titles for free this year. I think this is like the first time post pandemic where it's like people are really going into these stores and these comic yeah. book stores got hit during the pandemic. So it's like y'all make it make an event out of it while yeah. people are back. And hopefully, yep. hopefully people bought stuff as they went in and got their free stuff. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just... so, yeah, no, I, I definitely did. And people were, it was packed and people were buying. Yeah. It, was, it was good times, man. It was the biggest free comic book day I've seen in the, maybe ever. To be honest I, I think it was. They made a like real said, big event. 40 something titles. And the thing about uh, the free comic book days is some of them are actually pretty valuable. Last year they debuted, who was it? Marvel debuted an original character for the first time. So that comic is pretty valuable. And the year before, uh, there was a free comic from DC that I actually happened to pick up and it's valued at like 250 bucks. Uh, mm. I think I gave you a copy of it, Lawrence. I got a few of them. Didn't I give you a copy oh. of one? Yeah. Lawrence over there sitting on money, don't realize it? No, I, got it. I realize it. So that's a. You see his free comic book, and the and they have uh, a version of that that's not the free comic book version of that that's not as valuable as the free comic book version. So Interesting. you can find some pretty good stuff there. Huh. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Um, speaking of comic books, my week, pretty, uh, pretty relaxed, but I've been diving into The Adventures of Superman, the John Kent story. Don't spoil anything. That looks so good. Don't spoil a thing, Jack. I want to get Well, then I won't say anything I about it. The cover. premise... Yo, this cover. So my my buddy Paxton at the Krusty Bunker has been pulling me some dope covers and putting in my pull list. So thanks for hooking me up on these I ones. I love that name. Oh, yeah. But I'll just give you the premise. The premise of it is Ultraman's going around the multiverse, killing Kell-El's, and John Kent had been imprisoned from, uh, in a volcano by uh, this particular Ultraman. And so... Uh, Val Zod enlists the help of John Kent to go stop him from killing more Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's the start of it. And it's uh we're on episode three now. And yo, I'm I'm with it. So Paxton, keep pulling me those comics because I'm coming back for more. Paxton, keep pulling that stuff, good stuff from the crusty bunker, baby. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um all right. Well, listen, hey, uh, Chris, I don't have a question for you, but I want to no? tell you about something. All right. Oh, all right. Batman and Robin, they went camping in the desert one day, and they found this real nice spot to pitch their tent, and they fell fast asleep. In the middle of the night, Batman woke up, and he said to his faithful sidekick, Robin, Robin, wake up. Look up, what do you notice? And Robin said, Batman, I see uh, a million stars. And Batman says, and what does that tell you? And Robin said, well, astronomically speaking, it tells me that there's millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrology, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Chronologically, it tells me that it's approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, it's evidence that the Lord is all-powerful, and it tells us how small and insignificant we are. Meteorologically, 
It tells me that tomorrow's probably going to be a beautiful day. What does it tell you, Batman? And Batman gets silent, and he looks at Robin, and he says, Robin, it tells me that our tent has been stolen. You're an idiot. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. One out of three. Really, really Chris? <laughs> Ah, he put so much effort, Lawrence. So much effort. He did the voices and everything. Listen, we don't give trophies for second place, Chris. Man, listen. We don't give. We don't give. Uh, you a participant? I was trophies. prepared to do the joke today. Your <laughs> mind would have been we'll, way we'll shorter. Hear we'll hear it. <laughs> listen, Jack, if you're gonna kill us, it gotta be like a quick check it cut. out. Check it out. I was, I was I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw this dude with a cape running down, and I yelled, like, "Hey, are you a superhero?" He yelled back, nah, I didn't pay for this haircut. <laughs> On that note. No, that was good. That was good. Because <laughs> he's wearing the, he's wearing the cape. Right? The Listen. cape from the haircut. You know what I'm saying? We put around the barber. It. That was witty, Rich. I'm with it. I'm with it. And I thought about point. just hating on you because you hate on me. But that was quality. That was quality right there. Lawrence can only handle about three lines for joke. I can't. On that note, let's go down the street. No, Jack. That, wait, 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 wait. That wasn't three lines for no, you. <laughs> said I can handle. I forgot the beginning of it. That was a whole short story. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> the the, 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 the so collector's corner. It's show and tell time. Hi. Nice. Here at the collector's corner, we're taking stuff out of our toy trunk, our video game vaults, and our comic book cases. And we're showing it to the world. It can be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. Gentlemen, what are you showing? I'll, I'll go. go first. I finally picked up my... Oh, Jack! Yeah. PS5! <laughs> I got it because my birthday's coming up and I figured I'd spoil myself. I was on the fence because I really do like my PS4. And I'm like... But it sounds like a helicopter taking off. Yes. I didn't realize how loud it was until I went back and played it. Yes. <laughs> like, why yes. is the vacuum on? <laughs> yes. And and I talked to Lawrence, and Lawrence said, come on, man. What, you're not going to get the PS5? And I was like, I normally wait for it to get smaller and have more storage space. But it's been so long. So I finally got it. I found it for cheap. Came in a day. Nice. And for those of you on the fence about whether or not you want to make the jump, if you're still like me in the situation, here's the biggest perk. I'm playing my PS4 not as much as I'd like to, and I'm playing a game called Elden Ring. And the problem with Elden Ring is you die a lot. And the perk about the PS5 is you just auto-sync your profile and your games straight to the PS5. You don't got to start over, and it just updates the data, updates the graphic, updates the gameplay with all your saved information. And now when I die in Elden Ring, I basically just respawn. Look back like that. Yes, okay. that is I'm a back big like that. perk. That's a big perk. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Jack. All right. That's my show. Well done. All right. Well, well I'll done. go next. Oh, Mine's uh, not as spectacular as a PS5, but <laughs> my other half of my 50% off of the comic that I got today I've been looking at it every time I go to the store, and I'm like, ah, I wait, I wait. And I don't know. I was like, when, when, when am I going to have time to read it? And I was like, you know what? Here it is in my face. They're advertising it to me, so I picked up the last oh, Ronin hardcover yes. bad boy. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta yes. read this. 
because I, I think it's a dope concept. Like after reading the concept of the of, of the last Ronin, I'm like, yo, this is dope. I need to read this. I need to. I need to find out what happened to you. If they if they talk about what happened to the turtles, I need to find out everything. And then how it all goes down. They do. And I don't think this is a compendium. I think this, this is just the actual the whole story. Am I right? Y'all like, have this, right? That's, that's the book. Chris has okay. it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 six issues that they put all together in one. So it's a, it's a complete story arc. All right, very good. So yeah, I should enjoy this. Then you, then you got to get then then you gonna get one of these, Rich. Don't How does Lawrence just have <laughs> everything right at arm's reach? Really? Always. <laughs> always, always. You know, I was also see I, I I've been seeing a lot of those, and and then also the uh, they had a variant of them without the without the the hoodie and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've been seeing both of those. So maybe he's, we'll he's, see. There's no shirt in that one too, right? Yeah, yeah, no shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah they are Target man. If you like the book, you got to get the figure. Yeah, man, that's how they get and you, you. You're gonna like the book. Anyone who's a turtle fan, not reading the last Ronin, to quote my buddy Rich, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, that book is a banger. I guess I gotta read it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Ten I just, years later, I, I skipped it. And just bought the toy. I go next. <laughs> Yo, I gotta make room because I'm about to pull out this big black thing. <laughs> well, it was nice having a podcast yeah, with you guys while it lasts. Yo, Don't take an eye out. I got my oh, Todd my McFarlane, the Flash, Batmobile, oh, Michael Keaton, nineteen eighty-nine, Batmobile. Rich, Rich. yes, I, I, I know that. This thing, I got to get close to the mic, but it's, this thing is sick, man. I mean, it's it's. it's that I'm gonna get up in it. It's huge, as you can see, and if it, it has weight to it, it doesn't feel like a toy. Got the canopy right here. I'm popping the hood on that thing, you know, yeah. and it it fits the seven inch figure. I will say, not well. It's really hard to get them in there, but having these two on the shelf, Chris, I don't know what you're doing as a freaking kid. Oh man, thing, I gotta, I'm gonna get it. I mean, and, wow. and like look, this, I'm. Just, this for those on YouTube, you can see this, but like this is those get a like, special treat on YouTube. It's like two feet length. of darkness. Yeah, two feet, six feet, Jack. <laughs> oh, oh I, I was talking about the car. Oh, oh my bad. My bad. Wouldn't, wouldn't, my bad. I'm trying to my bad. keep it PG. But no, this is I mean, it's a sick vehicle. For sixty dollars, you're not gonna find a better made. That's a bargain for uh, a collector's item, and it's sick. If you can find one, good luck because these things sold out the day they pre-ordered. But yeah, so freaking sick, man. So sick. So happy with that purchase. You can check out the unboxing on YouTube. Hit up our playlist; it's right there for you. Wait, did it? Did I be Chris? So we talked about how I bought American Gods, right? The book, right. So I want to show my American Gods poster that signed. Okay. All right. When I went to Comic Con one year, they had a table. A bunch of the artists were there. The ink, the person who did the ink, the person who did the penciling, and uh, had them sign the poster. And Jack, look, nice. it's in a plastic plastic container. I see you've done it right this time, yeah. Chris. You, you got you got me one. I did. You I got, I got you one. one. I did. I probably did. Yeah, I always grab you something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's thumb it's thumbtacked in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> Damn, Mars. Wonderful. Along uh, with Jason's signed Punisher poster, <laughs> thumbtacked to the wall. Wow. 
I was pissed. He got Jack a Hulk statue and got me his an autograph poster. Nah, he got you, dog. <laughs> Forget you. He, uh, he got me the ultimate Iron Man statue. That's even worse. So yeah, wow. I thumbtacked his autograph poster to my drywall in the garage where it lives. Yeah, I'll show that next week, maybe. Hey, uh, Lawrence. Yes. You want to troll Rich in the alley? I always want to troll Rich in the alley, man. Hey, Rich, why don't you meet us in this back alley? Yeah. It's time for Anime Alley with Richard Wilson. Pause. Just pause. You need to stop. Just stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, as I brought to you, I brought to you guys uh, just a bunch of animes that were coming out and that I was going to watch. I had interest in. I started watching... Hell's Paradise, and I'm gonna try to say this right without messing it up. It is called Jigo Kuraku. Probably butchered all of that, but we follow Gabimaro, who is an assassin, uh, soulless, emotionless. He he strikes fear in everyone's heart, and then he he hangs up the game. Right? Come to find out, and I started watching a few episodes. Come to find out, he got married, mm. so he hung it up for a lady, the love of his life, and um, yeah. At first, they catch him, and they were like, he's like, I got nothing to live for. He, like, lost his memory a little bit. He was like, I got nothing to live for. And you, we start off with him just being murdered, executed, I should say. Let me take that. Being executed multiple ways, and he cannot die. He's been burned to death. He had his, he, he's been decapitated, or at least they tried to decapitate him. He's been stabbed. Uh, they did a bull torture on him where they tried to split him in half, but then he yeah. ended up bringing them back a quarter and like yeah yeah, just and and smashing the bulls up they've tried so many ways and he wants to die this guy actually wants to die but he just can't die is he not married anymore no he's still married and he still wants to die no wonder that makes sense he he lost his memory (laughs) so now an executor comes and it's like there has to be something that you that you want to live for there has to be something and as he's about to kill her or as he's about to be beheaded and come to find out this for whatever reason, this one this one woman has a blade that can actually harm him. He realizes, oh, I do have someone I want to live for. And he remembers his wife. Oh. So now they give an ultimatum. They're like, hey, we'll let you live, but you have to go to this island to get this elixir of life. They send out many expedition parties and everyone and only one person came back and he came back insane and, and uh, plant parts and flowers growing out of his body. So they, they gathered up criminals and they were like, we'll send you all. You come back with the elixir of life. We'll give you a pardon. Hmm. I see a whole, I see a problem with this scenario what's, already. What's the problem? You're going you're gonna to let criminals go get the elixir of life and you yeah. think they're coming back? Well, they, each one of these know. criminals, they have an executioner with them. So it's not like they can just run off. They have a guy, they have a guy or a girl. They have someone on them. That's will that's ready to kill them at a moment's notice. It's like Berserker mixed with Suicide Squad, mixed with yeah. Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> so really? at right now, the episode that I'm in, they get to the island and they come to find out this island's freaked out. Right. They have there was a butterfly with a with a human face on them, all right, landed on one of the criminals' hand, and then it flew away. When he saw, noticed the face, the human face on the butterfly, he looked down at his hand. Well, he noticed another, a stinger. He looked down at his hand. It was a, a, a sting, sting mark. And he sliced his hand off instantly and then bandaged it up. And the executioner was like, what are you doing? 
And then they looked at his hand and it started started turning into a plant. I like this. Yeah. I like, like this. And all the creatures around there, they're, they're like free. They're like these little centipede joints. And like instead of like fangs or like incisors, they're like fingers. And then oh. coming to the end of the last episode that I That's watched, they were like giant, like almost kaiju, like human, like almost um attack on Titan type of type of creatures. But they were like the, the eyes, they had like hands coming out of them. And the, it was it was pretty freaky. I and I like was all for this. it. I was say, this actually sounds pretty good. We're, um, you watch it on Crunchy? You can watch it on Crunchy. And you can watch the first like three episodes, three or four episodes in English. And then there's like another two or three in subtitle, which uh, I need to catch up on. God. What is it? What, what time period is it? Is it like present if, uh, day? Is it... It's like, no, it's like feudal uh, feudal Japan. Okay. So Anyone you got, you got samurai. Hmm? So anyone who's getting drawn and quartered, right? Yeah, you getting you getting beheaded, then yeah. Right, 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 right. Oh, well, okay. Say, say the title of it one more time. Hell's Paradise. Hell's Paradise. Yes, I'm gonna check All that right. out. That sounds freaking crazy I'm and violent. Watching it. Chris, shut up! Don't yeah, disrespect me, man. The alley. <laughs> it's, it sounds cool. No, no, it sounds cool. It I'm sounds trying cool. to open my mind up more to anime now. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. I think I'm it's wa- time. For some news. It's time for the news. Our first bit of news is Harry Potter actress Emma Watson has decided to step away from acting for a while. Okay. Mm. No reason. Our second bit. Billionaire, because she's a billionaire. She she doesn't need the money. Yeah, I'm gonna step away from working. (laughs) Our second bit of news is the Marvel themed video game Midnight Sun is not doing well. It came out? Yeah. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) And in other video game related news, the last day of April, a survey was taken from Game FAQ asking. What video game are you most uh, looking forward to? 7,200 votes were cast, and 5,200 of them approximately said the same answer. Anyone want to venture a guest? Spider-Man. Nope. GTA 6. Nope. Zelda. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, okay. Crushed. That'd be a Switch game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... In other news, Michael Shannon, actor playing Zod, was asked in an interview how he felt about the Ezra Miller situation. Mm. He said he empathized with Miller question, as man. an actor. What do you say, Chris? Say it's a loaded, it's a loaded question. question for him. <laughs> it is. Yeah, he put him on the spot, on the spot with that one. Dad. His well, sucks. <laughs> his answer was he empathized with Miller. Um, being an actor, you're put in a position where. You can be robbed of your personal privacy as well as be very uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally drained on a public setting. He said he also didn't have much time working with Miller, only a few weeks, but those few weeks he found pretty effortless. Hmm. Now, what I gleaned from that was Zod only being on set for a couple of weeks tells me my theory is Zan is probably not the main villain of this film. No. And toys being it's dropped. Dark Flash. Dark Flash. Toys being dropped yep. also kind of confirms that theory that the villain of this film, we probably have not seen yet in the trailers. Well, if it follows Flashpoint, there isn't a singular villain. You have the war against the Amazons versus the Atlanteans, which I feel like is what Zod is doing, the war on Earth. 
And you kind of have reverse flash in the background, but it's not like this big villain. It's like Barry realizing what he did and has to like undo it. Um, hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I I hate that the toys don't don't drop an action figure that's oh, not man. in the trailer, man. Oh man! Oh man! I saw that in pop form. I'm like, wait, where's this guy? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I saw the McFarlane one. He looks yeah. sick. Looks yeah, crazy. Yeah. And the trailer, the other trailer they dropped looks insanely good. There's looks like there's gonna be a ton of Batman, or they're just giving us all the Batman <laughs> in the trailer. Baby. Listen. All right. Might as well just be a Batman movie. Um, in other news, expert at Blizzard turned to chat GPT looking for advice on to how best advance the storyline and the world of World of Warcraft in their next expansion. Mm-hmm. Apparently, chat GPT's advice was so trash, they decided to stop using it. AI wow. is well, not... You should be using it to begin with. <laughs> Pokemon Go's monthly revenues has dropped to its lowest point in the past five years. Sorry, Pogo players. One of the most anticipated video games of the year, Final Fantasy 16, which I've already pre-ordered and it's the whole reason I bought my PS5, has been banned in Saudi Arabia due to the franchise's first M rating. After 40, almost 40 years of success, the franchise has dropped their first mature-rated game. I'm about to get Nothing. that. All right. It's not out. It, it comes out in June, I believe. Okay. Um, and speaking of the PS5, it's fixed its backwards compatibility issues, which is good for me because I like those retros. Mm. And we talked about it a little bit, but the first Saturday of May is always the annual free comic book day. And for those of you who maybe missed your opportunity to go get a free comic book, there was over over 43 titles this year. So the chances are there's still some inventory at your local comic book shops. So if you missed last Saturday and you're hearing this now, go check out your local comic book and see if there's still some free titles. Because every now and again, some of those titles turn into gems. Mm, okay. And our last bit of news for all you next generation fans out there. Picard season three is a banger. <laughs> well, I got I got a bit of news. Let's hear it. Did y'all hear that? Um, Pokemon cards are now being restricted in Japan. What? You can only be a certain age Why? to buy Pokemon cards. Well, because they're gambling. Why? Why? What? What? Because too many adults are going out there and clearing out the shelves. So now, if you're too old, you cannot buy Pokemon cards in Japan. Oh, it's an age limit. Oh, you can't be restriction. Yeah. Ah, I thought like a little. They were saying kids can't buy it. I thought no, they good. You know what? Good man. Maybe they they should just set a restriction onto how many you can buy, not the age you have to be. No, man. You can get all your boys to clean. No, yeah. You get get your whole crew to clean up a whole block if you want to. Maybe trying to get them. Man, good. This is for kids. I have a bit of news. Let's hear it. It's a big piece. This is a big piece of news. So, guys, everyone entertainment knows that there's a big writer's strike going on right now. Yes. Massive writer's strike. I know. Well, Rich, there's a uh, the WGA is a union. Okay. Pretty much they're responsible for writing all your favorite TV shows and your movies and all that stuff. And there's a massive writer's strike because the streamers have found a loophole around basically paying them residuals, as well as the idea of using AI to write scripts or write log lines or write treatments. Big writer's strike. 
Now, last time there was a writer's strike, it lasted for 100 days and changed television as we knew it. That's when you saw the birth of reality series take on like crazy. That's why like Hero Season 2 had a short season. So many shows got canceled and they were unfinished because of that. So right now, because of the writer's strike, Stranger Things has been delayed for the last season. Man. They're like, just because we're in production, we still have writers writing and, you know, having redrafts and rescripts. So all your favorite TV shows are that are in production or hasn't started production yet, all your movies you're looking forward to that hasn't started yet, if this strike goes on, either they'll be delayed or some just they'll stop. This is too much money to keep them in a holding place. So Mahershala Ali's Blade Ooh. is postponed. They were supposed that. to go into production. It is not until this thing's cleared up. And eventually, you got to stop paying Mahershala to hold him. <laughs> eventually, oh, you yeah. can't, you know. Well, so. look at Denzel. Denzel has a player pay contract, right? Dude, right, which I don't think Mahershala has. I feel like that's that's one of the contracts, them old school Tom Cruise, Denzel contracts that they, they don't want to do that. But to, to continue to hold this guy past a certain point, if this thing goes for 100 days or more, he might I don't know what he'll be doing because there's no work to be had, but you mean right. you might have to renegotiate a contract or figure out a way to put it on hold. Anyway, yeah. so hmm. for those of you who apparently House of the Dragon, they said they're not affected by it. All, all their scripts were completed. So I guess that's also not- why uh, James Gunn pumped out his script as quickly well, as possible. James Gunn got his first draft Superman in probably because that gets the ball rolling. But the thing is, Jack, as you know, on sets. Yep. They're rewriting as you're shooting. Like nothing is. And, and the worst thing that happens is sometimes during these strikes, content has to keep going. And then you get people who are not writers writing. Which is why I forget they were talking about a TV show where you can just tell the quality went downhill with the choices that were made because there was uh, no yeah, writer's they- room. There was no one writing it. So yeah. This can change the game. This, like, honestly, if this lasts for 100 days, it's one of those things that can shift the genres we're in, where all of a sudden superhero movies aren't made anymore because this 100 days cost too much money to go backwards. Yeah, that's crazy. And now we're going to shift into more reality, more docuseries stuff because it's cheaper to make. It, it can literally well, shift the viewing pattern. And what's crazy about that is the fans Man. have been real ungrateful lately anyway, saying they're oversaturated. You know, now, oversaturated with all this content, so now you might be getting your wish, dude. Superhero fatigue. You yeah. about to be fatigued for real, and hopefully not. Hopefully this thing clears up because a lot of people depend on these jobs, not just your actors or writers, but your teamsters, your crew people. A lot of people are planning to go to work, but right yeah. now it can change everything. So yeah, I literally had a conversation with a lady who was hit me up about. Uh, she was looking for some carpenters, and I said, well, there's the writer strike is on, so there's a lot of people looking for work now. And she said, I'm not looking for a writer. And I said, no, everyone is out of work because the writers aren't writing the content. The content's not being created, meaning it's not being built, it's not being produced, it's not being whatever. So it's not just writers who are being affected. It's the whole industry is screeching right. to a halt and mm-hmm. people are out unemployed. If I'm in pre-production for Blade, why would I continue to have sets of built and continue to rent out space if I don't know when I can get into production? Yeah, exactly. true. Yeah. So carpenters are all of a sudden, it's like, we're going to probably just wrap this up in a month if, right. if we're not, if there's no. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's Man. it's bigger than our genre, but it can totally affect our genre because our genre is so expensive to make. 
that any delays on some of these projects, you're talking millions of dollars going out the window. Lawrence, mm-hmm. nice, nice Ooh. news ad. And Rich, nice news ad too. And Chris, yeah. drop the ball, which is why you've been kicked off the show. He's kicked off the show. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is about gone. That, some of the exorcist stuff. Don't be bringing that on here. I don't play that stuff. He's gone. Well, on that note, I think it's time to stop being so polite. Ah. I think when Chris gets here, he's going to have a rude awakening to what he's walking back into. Because, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. It's time for a debate. All right. Well, today's debate question is, if you were tasked with the responsibility to bring finality, I'm talking about the end of a chapter to one of the last remaining Marvel MCU main characters, who would you pick? And how would you end their storyline? Now, that being said, you cannot pick any members of Guardians of the Galaxy because we don't want to spoil anything from Volume 3 yet. You know, Jack, I'm not going to go first, but I just wanted to talk about how wonderful this question is because you really got to think. Because they, they, when you think about the main roster of the Avengers, most of them, they ended their stories already. Iron Man dead, Captain America retired, Hawkeye's retired, Black Widow's dead. Main characters. Okay. All you really got is Thor and the Hulk as far as our main Avengers. And then what do we categorize as main? Is with Shang-Chi is main? Is, is Captain Marvel main? And we're in we're in that weird territory right now where we don't even know what the Avengers are. So this question yeah. maybe have to really think. Well, hmm. let me let me clarify the question. Hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I didn't say Avengers specifically. I'm saying the main SBA. characters still alive and even active. the TV shows. If it's the main character, I'll oh, take it. the mods are simple. Listen, man, let's just get rid of uh, uh, uh She-Hulk. We don't need her. What, what do we know? Jack wants a compelling way you take her out. I want to know how you bring. Your answer can be She-Hulk, but how listen, do we do it? Listen. She uh, stops do, doing the strong, independent life, and she gets married and has a kid. And it's like, hey, this is great. This is great over here. I love this over here. Now she's not on Tinder anymore. Freak- Wait, so Rich, are you saying that a married woman can't also be a superhero? You know how the critical one gets kicked out of the MCU? <laughs> Kick me out. I don't, out of the I don't care. She wasn't doing anything. She wasn't Rich. doing anything. I she was sitting there complaining about her dating life, and that's it. Jack was All looking right. for this Avengers Endgame wonderful finale you're going to come up What's with. Ain't over Well, listen, if you feel compelled to revamp your answer after some other people have answered, we'll come back to you, Rich. Lawrence, okay. who, who are you bringing an end to their story? So here's the thing. My main issue with phase four isn't that they're not connected. It's that they're not creating characters we care about that we eventually want to see them assemble because that was the whole point of the first phases. Not that they're all connected, but we cared about seeing them eventually team up. We cared about the characters. So for me right now, I want to create a situation for a new Avengers team to have to be formed and have to assemble. So we're going to have Thor, Love and Thunder, part two. Him and his daughter are saving the world or whatever. Down comes Kang. Big fight. Kang's the villain of that movie. Kang kills Thor. Drops his body in the middle of New York City. Killed the last kind of Avenger. And it forces a new team to have to assemble to take out the new bad. It forces whatever this new Avengers team is going to be 
That's their origin story. So Thor's death is the beginning of the new phases. The, the next 10 years is inspired by his and, death. And is it a heroic death? Or oh, he- yeah. He saves his daughter. It's like he saved like the little girl that pretty much becomes his daughter. It's in saving her. And of course, she is going to take the hammer and pretty much avenge her father as being part of this new Avengers team. All right. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. Wait, that's fire. That is like fire. That's right. the, like, dude, you're a hater. You know that's dope. That's better than anything that came out with this whole phase. How about you, Chris? It's a writer's strike. I shouldn't be talking. You had to bring finality to one of the main MCU characters. Who would you bring it to? And how would you do it, Chris? It'd be Hawkeye. We already, we, we already, we're seeing his downfall already. He's losing his hearing. He's his body's broken, and I want him to go out not in some random, you know, not in a, a blaze of glory. I want it to be a random thug that finally catches him, takes him down, and because his death was almost so meaningless because it was a random guy, I want them to inspire everyone to kind of rethink how they, <clears throat> how they do superheroing, how they how they go after these bad guys, and. Uh, so you go pull him out of retirement to have him get shot in the streets. Yep. You're right? Like what? Yep. It's terrible. Yep. That's it's what not what great. What are talking about? That's a fantastic idea. It's, it's a fantastic story. It's, no, it's, pretty it's... Much, it's pretty much Batman Beyond. It's like, wait, 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 it's wait, not wait, Batman wait, Beyond. Wait, it's yes. nothing like that. So you're Batman telling me Beyond. this guy survived the invasion of New York City. Ultron. Yep. With a bow and arrow. With a bow and arrow. Yep. And a thug takes him out. That's the that's irony. how you want that's how you want to send this guy off. No, he went I, on a rampage gonna, as a gonna, shinobi killing people. It's gonna burn everyone because he who, should he should go out by some some by some who's alien. everyone who's there who's gonna care? Who's gonna care? He's a hero, everybody's gonna care. Who, they man, they about to fight scrolls and kangs. They like he got taken out by a thug. Okay, you should have went over the cliff instead of Black Widow. No, Damn. we would hate him. We would hate him. We would hate him. And it's After nothing he's like given so much, he saved New York in the Battle of New York. He didn't don't save you, New York. Don't you see the irony? I of feel it? like if he took off that day, it probably would have ended just the same. <laughs> wow! Wow! Where's Where's the lie, Rich? Is there a lie? No lie. No lie. Just, just less arrows would have been shot. What are you talking about? <laughs> Terrible, Chris. Uh, whatever. All right, Jack. Show us how it's done then. Listen, there's only one appropriate answer. It's Nick Fury. Nick Fury. This is the guy who started it all. He created the team in the first place. He's been the backbone of the MCU. And now it's time to figure out his storyline. Because what we don't exactly need, in my opinion, is a geriatric Nick Fury in a wheelchair running around calling shots. Although that could be interesting for for Professor X. Yeah. And Oracle, he could Oracle the stuff, but I'm thinking Nick Fury and I'm thinking what's cool about Nick Fury. You title the movie Fury. We have a movie called Fury. Wait, 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 we do. That's the the fastest. You're you're killing Nick Fury in his first standalone movie. Hold on. I didn't say killing. I said, I'm bringing it in to his character's arc. He has an arc. He will he by get the- Alzheimer's. And he doesn't even. Fury, and then he, he chose the one character 
<laughs> you chose the one character who doesn't have a storyline. I chose one of the most interesting characters in the MCU who hasn't been flushed out entirely yet. He's one of the most interesting characters in the MCU. Yes. So the like, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So like with, you got Winter Soldier, you got Shuri, you got Namor, you got like he's, he's in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Pepper yeah. Potts is in a lot of them too. Well, Pepper Potts <laughs> maybe uh, maybe time for her do also. I mean, Jack, no one's gonna care. If Pepper Potts dies though. Caught, I don't think I don't think we're gonna care that much if he dies because we don't have an emotional connection to his character. Die. We don't care if well, he retires because we don't have an well, emotional connection. Whole, uh, whole, you're getting a whole television series following him. Yeah, like 13 years later, we're finally gonna like have a Nick Fury story, and you <laughs> well, want to retire him. This. Mark, just I'll say this. Let me let me say this. Yes. Red flags everywhere. It took a decade too long for us to get a a Black Widow movie. Right. And yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. So it's right. taken two decades too long for us to get a Fury flick. And it would be great. Mm-hmm. And what Fury has that a lot of the characters don't have, but you kind of got a glimpse of it in Winter Soldier, is he's dealing with that spy espionage cloak and dagger scene and he's dealing with it on a cosmic level he's dealing it on a ground level he's dealing with it on all kinds of levels i'm not debating with you whether it would be dope i'm saying now you want to retire him when you're finally getting the nick fury vehicle we've always wanted now you're sending him off yes but the way i would send him off is i'd put him in retirement by the end of it so he's drinking my ties on a beach by the end of it so basically, you're telling. But also, he can replace him now. If you read the comics, he's got robot versions of himself all over the place, which is kind of what they're doing with the scroll, right? He's got a guy posing of him as himself in Earth while he's off Earth, which we just found out. We're like, wait, how long has Nick Fury not even been Nick Fury in these films? So when I told you that Thor sacrifices his life, creating a whole new Avengers team, yeah. that wasn't the answer. Yeah, yeah, retiring Nick Fury, a character that hasn't even had a standalone movie. Right. But only like Sam Jackson's gonna come back to play scroll versions of himself anyway. So Nick Fury's still gonna be that's that's the answer. Right. Because the problem with the problem with retiring Thor is he still hasn't been consistently flushed out yet. He's got four movies. If they haven't figured it out by now. I don't I don't, yeah, I don't we, exactly have faith. It's like we're done. If if he if he's on the new Avengers team, I feel like that guy that's still hanging around the locker room. Like, dude, you've you've been graduated. You're not part of the team anymore. The thing about Nick is he's the catalyst. So if you really want to try to reboot the system and introduce some new characters, he's the one did it before. I don't think he's the catalyst. I think he he jumped in other people's movies. Like he wasn't he was our device, but he wasn't like a true catalyst. He wasn't we didn't see him in, in New York with a gun. Fighting the aliens, he 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 he's almost a non-factor. You can that's what that's what that's that's almost what's so interesting about. So I'm like, don't retire him yet. I want I want your story. How don't it, end it with him sipping lemonade. Again. How is it you, possible you, we all you lost get, the debate? No, yeah. I won because yeah. Jack's running it. All right, well, good debate, gentlemen. I think I won. And on that news, I hate that he wait. has the power. Yep, he doesn't have the power. But I think it's time. For the main event. It's time for the main event. (laughs) You're right. Let's get to the reason why we're here. It's time for the main event. Today we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy 
Volume 3. Well, wait, Jack. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, make sure you hit those playlists, hit the links below, and let us know how you feel about Guardies in the comment section after you hear this wonderful review. Back to you, Jack. Great. Thanks for that, Lawrence. We'll start with the spoiler-free synopsis. I didn't read a synopsis, so here's the one you're going to get. Rocket has problems, he's in danger of his life, and the Guardians go to save him. Great. Volume 3. Sums it up. Okay. So let's get our spoiler-free thoughts, then I'll give you a brief recap of the whole film, and then we'll dive into this thing. All I'm going to say is this. In the same calendar year, James Gunn might have saved the MCU and the DCU in the same freaking calendar year. Because this was the movie I've been waiting for since after Spider-Man No Way Home. This is the Marvel film. I'm like, let's let's go. Let's yep. go. I loved it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I want to say it was very few knocks that I have about this. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You little morons. This movie was awesome. Yeah. Like, Where did what? Ah, I know what you did there. You idiot. You yeah. idiots. It's, oh, it's a term of endearment, Rich. He says he loves you. Yeah, that was good. I feel nice. Uh, I got a, a, a second, third, and fourth that. I think this is probably the single best MCU movie post Endgame and Spider Man No Way Home. This Agreed. is the best thing that's come out in a long time. This might be top. Agreed. This is top five for me, I think. I think it's, this might be top five. It's great. And, and what a way to kind of put a button on a story. Way better than our debate answers. Your debate answers. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a uh, here's a brief recap of the film. I'll try to be uh, as quick as possible so we can jump into it. So the movie starts with Peter Quill, sad, drunk, and depressed over the loss of Gamora, who was killed by Thanos during the Avengers uh, Infinity Saga, right? Him and his crew are living in nowhere, which is a civilization built inside the giant skull of a god that had died. Fix any facts I'm saying wrong. Feel free no, to jump in. Good. So they're minding their own business when Adam Warlock comes to retrieve Rocket in an epic battle which ensues. Rocket gets critically injured, and the but the Guardians manage to stop Adam from retrieving him. However, so the problem is Rocket's got this auto-kill switch inside of him. So when they go to try to help him because he got crit- critically hurt by Adam Warlock, they find out that they're actually going to kill him by trying to save him, so they have to stop. So they put him in a kind of stasis while they figure out, we got to go get this kill switch so we can help Rocket not be done. That's kind of the main plot of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So they cr- travel across the Guardi, uh, galaxy in order to retrieve this kind of Kodak that let them access his biometrics so they can save him. They inadvertently, although kind of specifically, team up with Gamora, who at this point wants nothing to do with the Guardians, especially Peter Quill. But she is faithful to her sister and wants to help Nebula, which mm-hmm. is why she kind of sticks around as long as she does. Otherwise, she got no reason. This is a very different Gamora. And if you saw the Christmas special, you got a better understanding of their hometown they're in. Right. Okay, great. Not sweat the small stuff. (laughs) Um, So she agrees to help him out because she wants to make some cheddar cheese. And she gets herself and the other Ravagers she's working with uh, involved to make some capital. They end up wearing these wonderfully colorful, bright space suits. And they jump into the center of a giant organic space butthole looking thing. And they have this epic battle with Canadian actor Nathan Falion. How do you say that guy's name? He was That's the leader. 
Fillion. 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 Sorry, man. Fancy with his name. This guy's a national treasure, starred in the hit series Firefly, and the battle that ensues in the butthole is hysterical. I'm calling it a butthole because I think it looks like a giant cosmic butthole. But, but, well, ma- but well taken care of, well manicured, yes. yep. very clean Leech, butthole. Very waxed. clean butthole. Yeah. <laughs> it's ready to play, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, ready to go third knuckle deep. Let's go. Oh, man. There, there goes our. Short. Long story short. Their epic battle in the butthole takes place, and they end up not exactly getting what they need, but it points them in the direction to where they need to get the thing that they need so they can help Rocket. So they end up going to a place called Counter Earth, which was created by a guy called the Creator, who is thought the High Evolutionary, evolutionary, who is thought to be a god in many places that he's actually created. He's also responsible for Rocket, and we'll get into that when we dive into it. So they go to this place called Counter Earth, which is basically a parallel Earth, only instead of humans, you have evolved animals. Bats, monkeys, you name the creature, that's who's running Earth. But it's kind of got the vibe of uh, Ninja Turtles. Like Ninja Turtles, 1980s, kind of seedy, but it's also suburban. It's got like a weird 1950s, 1980s mashup vibe to it. So they go to that place and they actually have their first encounter with the high. Evolutionary? evolutionary evolutionary the high evolutionary who ends up blowing up the entire planet but in the battle they manage to get the codex peter quill in an incredibly clever way manages to get the codex uh and so he can help save rocket but while that happens the team gets split and half the team ends up going into the high evolutionary spaceship and they go off but the other half of the team is stuck with rocket so rocket comes back to life this guy wants revenge he also wants to save his other team so they go to the high evolutionary evolution spaceship and they end up having this epic battle but while they're in the high evolutionary spaceship they realize that his whole entire bottom cargo bay is filled up with children and other animal that he's doing evolutionary experiments with. They end up saving the kids, saving the animals, and then you get two post-credit scenes, which we can dive into when we get to the talk. That's the movie, man. That's a lot lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. And And I'll say, like, for everyone that got mad at the MCU because they're not creating films that connect, that's not what makes it special. They make films that make you care about the characters who you can't wait to see team up with other characters you care about. And this movie did not necessarily push the MCU forward, but it makes you want to see these people again. That's the the point. The strength of the first Guardians was that movie was standalone, and it was such a great time. So I'll take a movie that's great over a movie that's building a universe because the universe stuff is exciting for what might happen but I'm right now I'm excited for what's happening right now and yeah. this movie is happening right now and it's yes. a banger some yes. movies are used to build the universe that's where you get Ant-Man's or Doctor Strange Captain America like, for the first first Avenger well they're movies that you would never just go see on their own but since it's connected to a whole you have to go see them whereas Guardians Iron Man 1 Thor those are movies you're just gonna go see and you can't wait to see freaking Peter Quill team up with Thor. Like, because you love these characters. So, man, I mean, I dug it, man. Jack, man, where are we starting? We starting, I guess we're starting at the top. Uh, let's start at the beginning. So, Wait. we kind of 
Can we start before the beginning? This proves my whole point. Yeah, let's the talk Christmas about it. Christmas special. Let's talk about it. Was so unnecessary because we oh. left off the Christmas special with Peter. All right. He talks yeah. to Mantis. You're my sister. We're good. I'm yeah. fine. All that stuff. I was like, why isn't he grieving Gamora? Why isn't he like. Because at the top of the film, guess what? He's grieving Gamora. So yeah. the Christmas special contradicts not, this movie. He's not only no, grieving he was Gamora. he was he was doing what every guy does, and he's like, "Listen, I'm all right," but deep down, he's not all right. We all yeah. die. I mean, no, but, downs, man. but he was no the Christmas Kevin special. Bacon made it all right. They were fine at the end of the Christmas special. Well, that's because it was full of Christmas magic. But right. real life, after once that wears season, off, yeah. It's about? just one day of goodness. Yeah, exactly. And you had Kevin Bacon to help you feel better. The now thing that the Christmas Bacon. special did do is the Christmas special did establish the cast of characters in a way whereby the time you're jumping into the Guardians, you know the family unit, you know the world they're in, you know who. You know I got that from Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, I, you write about that too. <laughs> I got the team. L- Lawrence, one word: special. <sighs> Doo doo. One but word. no, but it, it also it also it was, it, it was it unnecessary. Also... <laughs> it didn't push the content forward. No, but, but it, I felt it, like it pushed Peter's story backwards. Okay. Great. So no. I hope you guys enjoyed today's talk of Guardians of the Galaxy's <laughs> Christmas special. But we actually do have to talk about that. If you want to hear us talk about it, go to the playlist and you will hear our review of the Christmas special. But yes, we'll start with this. So so volume three. So what I tell you what I love though, they honestly let him have depth sadness and they investigated his sadness right they didn't yeah. short change this guy's emotions and it, in so many of these films you got these protagonists thor where they, they play short for the humor change. man they, they play, play for, for the, the humor. humor and this this movie had tons of humor but it also had a lot of profound depth but they didn't the, sacrifice it for the jokes the humor yeah. was appropriate at the time it wasn't it wasn't like ant-man where you have a very very serious moment and you're making a a, a dick joke you don't make right. they didn't make light of the drama. Right, right, no. right. And then Drax, who is really the comic relief, he doesn't do it to be funny or to be witty. That's just how he is. He don't. So he is, doesn't have what is it called? He he's literal. He's completely yes. literal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the best. He's so great. He was so great in this whole movie. And even when um Adam Warlock touched down, and he was kind of turned into that kind of like a buffoon kind of character, but he's so violent. Yeah, that it yeah. juxtaposed how silly he was because when he touched down and just snapped Mantis's arm, like you, and you saw it break in his hand, it's like, oh, we're we're going there. You're making yeah. me feel the impact of the violence. They're not just John Wicking it, where all of a sudden it's like it's a bunch of goons are falling down. It's like every time he hit them, I'm thinking like, Drax, are you going to get up from this? Yeah. Like you caved your chest in. Well, I don't think he he has a full cons. He's like a he's like a kid with like impulse. I mean, he's technically a kid. He's like seven years old. That they say. Well, that's what right? his, his mom said. They pulled him out of the pond too right. soon. So right. he's like a kid, like with a with like a, a a new like you give him a hamster and they're like choking a hamster too much well, or. But usually, he has no impulse control. But usually with these MCU films, they'll make, kind of make that kind of character the stupid one that's too strong. But never mm. show you like the actual destruction. They'll show him mm. blow something up, but you won't see the bodies flying. Let me, Here we saw bodies flying and breaking. Yeah, even even when uh, he like entered the scene, like when he entered nowhere, like he just crashed through everything. Like every dude, time he, he entered somewhere, he crashed into like it. paper mache, man. Yeah. But you know what? I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. But when Mantis and Nebula are having that argument, they're talking about Drax. She says Drax is the only one here that doesn't hate himself. Ooh, yeah. that, yo, that hit me in the yeah. bones. Depth, yeah. depth. So oh, his, his 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 candor is his candor. 
how he is how he is, but he's not a one-dimensional figure making stupid penis jokes. She was look like, at, he had as much loss as all of us. Right. Yeah. But he's the only one that doesn't hate himself. Well, and what they did for Drax by the end of the film, the, the gym that she dropped on him was just you were never meant to be the destroyer. Your Drax yeah. dad. And when you have a director, writer, who was in the beginning of these movies, Drax was on a mission to kill Thanos because he killed his family, his right, daughter. Right. He always was a father first and lost his way. Beautiful arc. That's, well, that's what's so great arc. about the uh, the What If series. You see a world where his family wasn't killed and what is Drax? He's a bartender. Happy. He's good. Yeah, he's not this conqueror. He's not this warrior. Right. Um, and since we're talking about the beginning, like Rocket, I'm, I'm welling up at a Whoa. CGI animated thing. This thing got me looking like, like, oh my gosh. Lila. Yo, I was Lila. That whole thing. Teeth. Teeth. I'm going to call myself Teeth. Because <laughs> we all have them. But mine all. <laughs> Proportionately, <laughs> I'm on the floor, so I'll be called floor. And she's like, "It's first off, it's not like they was on them. They was smoking that stuff." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that clip out of context, I'm like, "What are they on?" But yeah, no, but... it was so sweet. And for James Gunn to have the discipline and the confidence to go, I'm gonna slow this whole thing down and make it sweet. All these other MCU films do not slow themselves down and have a moment. And he's like, no, I'm going to slow this whole... This is all just backstory. It's right. not even like... And we hate flashbacks. I hate this flashbacks. Movie, this movie... Well, you hate flashbacks. Me. Large hate hates flash, large hate. flashbacks. Uh, almost, flashbacks. Dude, flashbacks almost always destroy the uh, progression of a film. Almost always. But this, these flashbacks added depth to the character. And when they... I mean, that moment... Where you where he ends up ripping the high evolutionary face off? You're like, wow! And did they earn well, it? Well, you saw the birth of Rocket, Rocket. right? Like yeah. how it became this tough as nails kind of creature because oh, his family was massacred because he decided I'm gonna break these guys. He had no choice; they're all gonna kill us. But he took that responsibility. But back to the beginning, I love. Can we also talk about how wonderful Bradley Cooper is at voicing Rocket? Oh, so good! And he's incredible. He's literally incredible. It's not like you can you can almost make out that Bradley's back there, but he has so invested in embodying Rocket, not himself as the character. It's just right. And there's this actual video of him in the studio, and he's everything is in. He's and he's on set. Like right. his whole body is engaged with it. But then we also got to show love to freaking um ah what's his name James Gunn's brother. Uh, he was uh, Sean Gunn because he I think he doesn't he do the most actual motion cap on set rocket work. Oh, does he? I think so. So he's the one that's actually physically doing the stuff as Bradley yeah, Cooper is doing the voice. You you know going back to the beginning of this movie, you know a lot of times when we see. <clears throat> sequels and trilogies, you know, they, they use the trope of let's dump as many characters into this movie as we possibly can to try and up the ante. Where I didn't feel like they did that with this. Yes, we have an expanded cast because the adventures have gone on, but they really focus on the core group to achieve this goal of saving Rocket. They did it without, you know, having needless cameos. They did it without mm-hmm. a ton of Easter eggs. They did it with just good 
solid story with characters that we care about. And, I think that's and it's why the it most so heroic any of these characters have been. I mean, it's, it's really one of the first times where we see Peter is exceptionally good. He's such a good leader. It's what we it's what we missed in Thor Love and Thunder. How are you not have to, how have you not evolved into a better hero at this point? How are you and, still and we did, we, did, we you never lost Peter, but there were all these moments they found where they let him be smart and clever and two steps ahead of and people. when they and when they thought he was dumb, like when he was like, I'm gonna just basically flirt with this woman yep. and she's gonna let me in. And she's like, I find you to be a douchebag. Five minutes later, she believes his sob story and gives him access. <laughs> and he looks at her and says, yeah, you see, I'm not, that, I'm not like, that dumb. But he's also like, I've been working on her from the beginning. You thought I was going to get her to open the thing in two seconds. He's like, no, man, I'm playing oh. the long game with her. And then Peter's idea to jump out of the spaceship, it worked. <laughs> yep. yeah. And they didn't trust Ru, him. They, Ru was like, "Yeah, why not?" If they just trusted him, he wouldn't have had oh, to go How back. violent was that when they landed on that dude's face and just oh. crushed him through the? The I mean, violence in this was, was amazing. And when you get, I mean, you get James Gunn coming off a of freaking suicide and Peacemaker, you gotta let this guy fly. How <laughs> dope was Groot when he opened up and he had the guns inside of him? Yeah. Oh. But when he gave him the guns before they got there, and he's like, you know what to do with these. Yeah, right. And it's like, yes, but you do. He had no idea he actually had 40 guns in listen, him. I thought it was listen. like two. I was, oh, was, was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. Uh, was it was about- definitely violent, though. The way he goes, uh, kill them all. I mean, yep. Peter Ooh. literally says, kill them yeah. yeah. all. But he doesn't lose his heroic quality is because they gave him no choice. Well, he was also, like, I, I came here to we, get a thing. You're, and also, the freaking villain starts a monologue, and he's like, would you shut up? You know how many oh, times I've heard man. some freaking Thank guy? Yes. And it was just like how self-aware they are without making it a parody. But right. like Peter has heard a lot of yep. freaking Maleficent, whatever. Literally his dad. Yes. He's like, yes. I've heard this before. I've heard a bunch of douchebags try to tell me how they're going to take over the world. Ha, the high evolutionary. This actor... Killed it. Came he to good play. Yes, he did. He I mean, every scene, and he was charismatic. He was bombastic. He got serious. He got vulnerable. Like he did. He hit the whole gamut of everything. Also, you could identify his wants so well. He wasn't one-dimensional, snidely whiplash. Right. Oh, he was right, like man. he was driven in a way, and his his drive for perfection is the thing that undid him ultimately. Where you literally see his entire crew turning against him. Such a beautiful moment. Because you, you you never see that in these films where, like you say, you hate when characters don't do logical things. And his crew are a bunch of extremely intelligent, logical, reasonable math people. And he's not following the math. So they had no choice but to turn their guns on him. And in another scene, when he lets the guys go, he's like, just go. They're like, save yourselves. This place is blowing up. And the three henchmen just run away. Like, you know what? Let's stop fighting. Let's yeah, because I always thought that, like, why are so many goons ride or die? Like, Superman just came. He's blowing everybody away. Why are you still sitting here with your guns? Like, right. why do you still think this works? And it, it's just smart. It's smart. Yeah, that moment with Peter was great. I mean... You know, we have the high evolutionary and his, you're right, his acting was so good, but because the movie itself was so good, he was in this movie. It's not like Kang in Ant-Man where we're like, Jonathan Majors is in a different movie. He got a different script than everyone else. And yeah, he's in yeah. a completely different movie. 
this guy felt right in this movie. Yeah. It was appropriate, even with his fantastic acting. It was just, it was right for this. Now, I want to throw more flowers on this actor before we move on. I'm not going to talk about the situation because I don't know what's going on. But if they do have to recast Kang, just say the high evolutionary is a freaking variant. Bring this guy back as Kang to move forward. If you have to. Yeah. Because this guy, his 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 presence, you can build a universe. You can build a phase off this guy. Oh, absolutely. You can build a phase off of this well, And look how big he was. I mean, and, and that's what's so fun about the Guardian movies in general is they've found a way to introduce these humongous adversaries without needing seven films to set it up and you instantly buy it you're like i don't know how he's managed to stay squirreled away in his corner of the cosmos doing what he's doing but i believe it and james gunn doubled down on the emotional arc so he didn't he didn't have to think of how do i come up with a villain bigger than ego you can't Right. So you just double down and make it an emotional story because you're not going to create a villain bigger than the freaking planet. Unless you bring in Galactus, it's going to be more of the same. Right, but you don't have to. It's a different adventure. The Ego Adventure is one adventure. This is a different adventure that they don't need to be... It's like I said, they don't need to go and introduce all this stuff and try and top the second movie. You give us a good story, a good adventure, and as the fans, we'll we'll take it, we'll buy it, and we'll patronize it. It's and you, great. And Okay, and this is what I'll say. They did something that the other MCU films did not do. The other MCU films made a joke about the blip. They made a joke about what happened after Thanos. Yeah. This one, the a part of this emotional arc is the fact that Gamora did die. And, and this and Gamora back. is from a timeline where she didn't doesn't know Peter. And they yes. it's not thrown away. It the ramifications of that is deeply emotional and deeply. And but what's great about it is you see Peter knowing that it's an opportunity to try to reinvest. Well, she's stuck here helping us. Let me see if I can win her over like I did the first time around. Right. And it does, I mean, they do finally have just a really beautiful moment together by the end of it where they have a moment of, let's say, connection. Not necessarily romance or anything, but they have a moment of real human connection between the two of them. And you're like, the whole movie was worth them having that moment. And by the end, when they have those words, she's like, I know that I'll never be who she was. But I'll bet like, we were fun. And then he was like, You'll never. You're not you're not so bad yourself. Like he said, like like whoever you are, I I'm accepting of Yeah. Right. And I it just hit me in the feels. But what was crazy about Peter's conflict wasn't just that Gamora had died. Because if Gamora was dead and removed entirely, then he would have had to have grieved and moved on. But the fact that she was there almost intensified the grieving process because it was in front of him that as a constant reminder that he couldn't have the thing that he had. Right. And it's not an alternate reality Gamora. It's your Gamora just picked from a different point in time. So everything about her is very similar to how you Mm -hmm. first met her. Right. She is that person. You know what else was great about this movie is everyone got love and everyone got flushed out on a more in-depth way. We got way more... Uh, understanding of Nebula, Nebula. We got more understanding of Peter mm-hmm. for the for the first time, even more so than Part Two. Part Two is like almost mad to me, but the level of depth that Peter got in this film made Part Two finally like really matter. Obviously, Rocket, but even Groot got love. You yeah. know, I mean, and you got to see Drax. Drax being a father by the end of it. 
the dynamic of how they work together and how specific they are, how Nebula trusts Peter. And she doesn't really gig on Peter too much, but how much Drax and Mantis get on her nerves. Drax and Mantis like brother and sister. Drax gets on Peter's nerves. Peter is looking at Rocket like he's his best friend. Like not all we, we see the inter second best friend. Second bit, but like <laughs> their their individual dynamics with each other was so clear yeah. and so flat. And how like Peter and Mantis are brother and sister, but it's obvious he will never listen to her. So she has to go to Drax to tell him the song story, <laughs> the Bond story. Oh, this man. movie was so it highlights it highlights the point. I I I keep screaming when I watch some of these other films that if the story is not right. If they haven't figured the story out, you're just not going to care how pretty it is. You're not going to care about the pyrotechnical aspects. doesn't matter how fancy your CGI is if you don't care about these characters. Right. I mean, that's absolutely right, man. And and have a compelling villain who you get why you'd want it. Like if you had like you get why he's doing this. Um, don't agree with him, but I, I get why he's compelled to make a better Earth and, and you know, and some can say this is like one, uh, like a PETA film, like this is the animal pro animals <laughs> movie, yes, it, oh, it, it, especially it, by the end of it, right? By the end of yeah. it, yeah. And I mean, but have- it, but it didn't feel it didn't feel bad to me, like it didn't feel like a PSA thing to me. It felt like it wouldn't have been true to Rocket's whole trajectory of this film if that didn't happen, also. Well, right. I was sitting there like, y'all can't let these animals die, surely, right. <laughs> Because Rocket, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like you said, they all had their time to shine. Uh, and it was amazing how the Counter Earth was was a piece. It was was just like ours. They had crime. It was, it was just selling. It was, it, it, was, it, was that, it was nineteen eighty five <laughs> Earth. They had the picture of the lasers in the background and the the Bat Lady's house. It was it was cool attention to detail that kind of picked the period of when that of when that Earth was where that Earth is. We know it's mid eighties, and it just and the high, how the high cool. evolutionary just. Flick the button. This doesn't work. Oh. You're right. And, mm-hmm. and and they said, I think somebody said, like, you think you're God? He's like, there is no God. That's why I had to step in. I mean, the, that's a cold piece of dialogue. Yeah. That's a cut. Because, you know, Mustache Twirling would be, I am God. He's like, no, I had to step in. Oh, man. Oh, man. I thought it was freaking great. What else? What else? What else do we have on the docket here, man? There's, there's more to pull. Well, there's more sound- to mine. I mean, there's so much. It sounds like we're all pretty unanimously... Uh, kind of love this thing. I don't think we need to labor the point. Let's. What, what were some of our favorite moments? First, I love that Peter was a hero. That that I felt like in part two they were kind of doing the machine gun joke thing, and yeah. I, I'm happy that they didn't sacrifice his heroism for jokes. They found a way to make it happen simultaneously, and how all his plans, for the most part, worked, with the exception of trying to save Rocket because he didn't know that Pack would kill, switch a, a kill safe or whatever. So I really enjoyed seeing him be a hero in this because we haven't Thor left a bad taste in my mouth, man. He was a hero, but he devolved to he was, a, he was a buffoon before he was a hero, though. Like, yeah, the the, the comedy sacrificed the stakes in that. Yeah. And specifically for his character, because his whole thing in part one is you need to grow up to be worthy. That's his whole arc in the first one. You need to grow up. And then we saw him grow up and then goes through grief because he didn't go through the to the head to kill Thanos. It's my fault. We see him go into a depression and then come out as a freaking hero only to like turn into a buffoon again. Right. Yeah. That's why I killed him off in the debate. 
<laughs> what are you gonna do with them? It's, it's, it's too bad because, and I've said this a million times at this point, the source material for that film is so rich that that's the way they ended up depicting it. It's just yeah. And honestly, I don't know Adam Warlock. Maybe Marvel fans will go, "No, this was whack. This is blasphemy." I don't know. No, no, no. Adam Warlock is kind of an. And he kind of toes the line between villain and hero, kind of does his own thing. But is so, he is he like juvenile? That I, I don't know that, but I was reading a little bit of background on him, and he has a very contentious relationship with the heroes where he's kind of good, kind of bad, kind of exactly how they depicted him in the movie. Okay. So I feel like... Well, he's, he certainly wasn't the uh, MODOK of the film, you know? Right, right. And you could easily saw him. Be, and the thing is, as a story arc, he kind of was. The bad guy who's there, then all of a sudden becomes good in the end, like on paper, like the points, yep. similar trajectory, except here you, you gave him someone to care about and you yep. took his mother away. Right. Everyone has something to lose. I think that's the point of this film. From the bad guy to the good guys to the guys in between, everyone has something to lose. Yes, Lawrence. And, and you feel the weight of it. You nailed it. Uh, and a good film... Or a good story, a good script, usually there's some sort of unifying point. And I think I think you just hit it. I think that's honestly probably what it was. This film examines loss and the stakes of what it is to lose that thing you hold so dearly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And if you look at every single one of the characters, they all personify that at some point in the film. And what makes the film work so well when you got Peter and Rocket is that Peter's grieving a loss and it took him off his A game. And now you're really about to lose your friend. Right. You're really about to lose Rocket because you decided to go on this bender. And it just it wraps the stories up. And you're watching Peter like, I have it, I have a second chance not to lose someone. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna rise to the occasion. I'm gonna be a hero and rise I to the occasion. To. Yeah. I have to. I have to. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I I loved it. I loved it. This is probably so, top five for me. Yeah. What are some of your favorite uh, moments, Rich? Definitely Groot when he pulled out the guns because it showed, first of all, Groot in general, I, I like because I read a little bit about him and why he evolved the way he did is because he took characteristics from everyone that was around him. And mm. that's how he became like the, I guess, what they call a muscle Groot now. Yeah. Um, And then with that being said, he took, you know, he, he, he uses guns, which I think is dope. And um, yeah, and then every like uh, Batista is always dope. Like yeah. he's he's just I don't know evolving as an actor in my opinion. So vulnerable, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know he's not just like a just a, a punching, slashing meathead. Like you see him like show his feeling. Like you saw connections with him and um and Mantis, especially in the special. You saw the connection and how how close they were, um, or how close they were becoming. And yeah, I mean, pretty much that was that was really it. I mean, dude, fucking oops, sorry, my man, Chud Chud Wit. Chuck, Chuck Weedy? I'm probably butchering his name. I can't even the say High it. Evolutionary? Yes. Bruh. He came to play. He did. I mean, he was just dope all around. And on t- yo, like, I'm sorry, y'all, y'all said he wasn't as big as, as uh, Ego. I think he was just that. He made civil. He made, he's literally made and yeah. destroyed civilizations. That's like, he right. created that's people that's valid, and valid. got rid of them because they weren't up to snuff. Like, he was doing it all, all the time. Like, all, like, you saw him create the 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 first like hybrid um animals that but they were too violent he was like get rid of them and then he created yeah. the second like get rid of them now he got the little kids and you know they weren't up to snuff he definitely would have gotten rid of them 
probably has gotten rid of a bunch yeah, of the guys until he, so, so he figured so, it out. Like, I think he was just as big, if not bigger, than Ego. And then also with that line, that line was hard. He was like, yo, God, I had to, I, I pretty much had to do do his job. What are you talking about? Like, and, that was a hard line. And like, he had another line that that's soul crushing. When he looked at Rocket, and he was like, "You're not, you're not, you're not going." Oh yeah, you, you got us the equation. You got us here. That you're so smart. You didn't figure out that you're not coming. Yeah. Oh, it was, and it, it was just like the way he did it. It wasn't like condescending. It was just like genuine. So matter of fact, like, oh, you, you poor fool. thing, you poor thing, yeah. which just. Proved his point. <laughs> also, he was also he was confused by it. Yeah, he was because, and that's he also wanted to cut into his brain because he doesn't understand how this works. How do you not get the, this, but you get this? You solve complex complex equations. Yeah, the way he interacted with the animals, the way he just physically handled them was. If told the line between love and comfort, and you're going to crush that thing's skull. So and I wasn't sure at any moment you just what, kind of felt real uneasy. Dude, he's doing what Loki did. He's doing the thing where it's like you have to come back and you have to be a big bad again. Please. He's so freaking good. And James Gunn, man, every character in this movie's childlike. And it works. They're all yeah. like, they have, all have an innocence, even the bad guy. And that's why you buy in. They all have a hope for something. Or hope lost for something, and they chased it with this childlike innocence. This movie was so good; it really it, it did two things. It put me at ease with him being at the helm of DC and Superman, and it also it, it sets the bar high. You know, it's like can you can you do? The guy struck gold with Guardians, but he did it with a bunch of characters who no one really had. You still made a good a movie. Yep. But, yes. I think I want it's harder, man. I think it's harder when people are so ish about the source material and everyone knows what they think Superman is. Everyone knows what they think but Batman is. I think he has an easier time because Superman has been so bad that it's yeah. it's the opposite thing. It's like whatever he comes. If he comes like the heart that's in this, like he showed us every every flex he has to make a dope Superman movie is in this movie. Yeah. I the guarantee heart, he's warmth. he's probably not killing Jimmy Olsen off in the first scene. <laughs> it's probably not. <laughs> We're probably gonna go home and see Jimmy Olsen pay rent. Um, no, you see everything <laughs> in this. Out. Everything in this movie is like, yo, you have the heart and empathy to make a dope Superman story. How yeah, well? How much he? Because I was waiting for one of these characters to die. I'm like, it's the last one. He's probably gonna kill one of them. Yep. He yeah. doesn't. I thought no, Peter they, was gonna die at that last second. Then I was I like, thought oh, I mean, was what they did it. with his face, dude. His yeah. face like popped. And you're like, yeah. it makes sense because he's not half God anymore. You know, he's not half ego anymore. Didn't that happen in part one too? But like they were did, in but space. He, didn't, no, he, like he froze. went frozen, yeah. but he didn't explode. His face yeah. kind of started exploding, and you're like, mm. ah, because he's not he doesn't have that power anymore. Uh, how about you, Chris? Man, what were some of your favorite moments? My Drax was a standout for me. I loved his line. His one line was awesome. I loved the the whole flashback series of Rocket could have been a a series or a movie within itself. Yes, it was, and I think it just testament to the complexity and depth of the characters and the story that we got. We have a you know the movie. I forgot. I don't know what the runtime is, but we got a lot of content. 
packed into whatever this runtime is. So it's just been it was just a wild ride from beginning to end. And I just all the characters had, you know, they they, they were complex, they were depth, there was there were there wasn't a, a definitive black and white. It was like there was gray areas there and you understand motivations, you understand why people were doing what they were doing. And it was just a good story. And that's the best that's the biggest takeaway for me. It was just such a great, great, great movie. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we uh any final remarks before we rank this thing? I mean um, just a little Easter eggs. I mean, just seeing Nathan Fillion knowing that he was in Firefly, they had like pretty much the Peter Quill of that series right. in this is pretty dope. I love the fact that James Gunn is like, I work with my people. There were so many people in this film that was from Peacemaker and so forth. Um, his wife, who's the blonde woman in Peacemaker, played uh, the woman in this that was like in the uh, the butthole. She she was like the head oh, of the, the butthole. The, the receptionist, the butthole <laughs> receptionist. No, no, she played uh, the rat person in Suicide Squad. Really? That was the rat, rat person. Catcher, whatever, rat whatever. catcher, yes. Wow. And of course, the high evolutionary was the black, the lead guy in Peacemaker. He yep. was the yep. dude in that. I mean, so many crossovers. I mean, you got a guy who like has a bunch of actors that are like, I want to work with this dude. I, I like he brings out the best. This guy, Batista's a dope actor, but he's taking non-actors or beginning actors, John Cena, Batista in the beginning and turning them into stars and unique well, stars, man. Batista's you- been, you know, Baptista has really he popped off during the uh the first Guardians movie, but he's been in the game for quite some time actually. Hasn't right. Been? But he but but James Gunn, like Rich said, didn't say I just want you to be like Hulk Smash. Right. Like, there, I'm gonna right. take there's things inside of you that I can see that maybe the rest of the industry can't see, and we're gonna put them on display here. You're gonna be the most vulnerable, empathetic. Awesome guardian here and oh one last thing i, I want to say it groot spoke guys how did so we not cover no, that no, 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 no. i know that is we understood yeah. Groot. that's my yes. point that's, that's my point that's, that's what i understood too but, and i almost thought it was the most unnecessary part of the film i thought it was extremely necessary i felt like as an audience we earned it yep that's we, james gunn saying now you guys you've come along well, the ride for so long you know, you're part I like of the guardians now because the more we understood it right after Gamora understood him. Mm-hmm. So thematically, that also makes sense. We see that a person can just, for some weird reason, understand the language. And James Gunn, he's at DC. This is the last time he's making a Guardians movie. This is his finale. So this is him saying to the audience, welcome to the Guardians. Let's let's quickly talk about the post credit scene. So the first post credit scene is we have Rocket is the new captain of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And him. Adam Warlock, Groot. The and girl. Groot, by this time, Groot looks like the Groot in the comics now. He's a giant, massive tree form. Who else is? Hydra. The dog. The dog. Who's the guy? Who the else guy. is? Oh. The yeah. He even got his moment of sun <laughs> to do with the. I know. Yeah. Man. Yes. Good. Um, oh, good dog. Yeah. Oh, and, so good. And I like that they're the guard. They're still sitting on that rock. The whole civilization is running for their lives. And they're like, they're being like, I can take it alone. Nah, I'd be fast if we do it. Like, it's still, it's a Tuesday for them. Yeah. And and, and here's what's crazy about it. The way the Avengers are turning into whatever group they're turning into, I don't know, doesn't exactly feel like it's the Avengers anymore. This new Guardians of the Galaxy group 
feels like it's still the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. I agree. Right? And mm-hmm. uh okay, and then the second post credit scene is Peter Quill on Earth eating cereal with, with his, his granddad. Did you guys see did, did you guys see the title of the newspaper that the granddad was reading? No. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Great. Is back. Uh, Kevin the, talks about is alien abduction. Right. Uh, and then the last thing we get is Smash the Black title graphic, the legendary Star Lord will return. We clapped in that theater. Our theater clapped for that. This this was a clap worthy movie, man. No one clapped for that? Nope. <laughs> they harsh over where you at, man. And I'm interested to see how. In yeah. what capacity? Movie or series? Well, what what it means is hopefully it's not a series. Wh- man. The way I read it was kind of how I read Emma Watson stepping away from acting. These guys probably their contracts are up and they might need just to go. You know that moment in uh, Armageddon where they're training to go put a missile in the asteroid and and Bruce Willis is like, hey, man, we're forgetting why we're here. We need to go detox for a minute, connect with ourselves and Earth. I think that's what's going on. Maybe on some level, the contracts of these actors are up. No, They've James Gunn is James Gunn's done. That's why it's Guardians James is Gunn's done. done. But that doesn't mean, you know, Chris he's, Pratt's done. Done. He's no, but I think I think to the audience it was undecided what was going to happen with any of these characters or the Guardians. Not because Chris Pratt made a decision, but because James Gunn directed and wrote all these movies. He's done. Yeah, so... but it's left open ended enough where. They might detox for a few films. We know why they're not showing up in the Avengers stuff. We know why they might not be showing up in uh, future content for a while. But if they want to come back, they're still still alive and kicking. I will say Batista and um, Zoe Saldana have both said they're done. They're done with their Marvel tenure, specifically Batista. I think Batista already was like, because you know how like they, they, they got rid of James Gunn over those tweets? Yeah, and Batista, the whole cast was like, "Well, and we're not doing it without him." I think Batista also was like, "I'm pissed off with you guys." The only reason I came back as Drax is because of James Gunn. Yeah, but look at look what they managed to do. They managed to give finality to all of the characters of and right. leave it in a way where they're still there. If it needed to happen, they're still there. So it's crazy. I mean, handled it really well. All right, let's rate this thing. Where where do we stand with this, Lawrence? One to ten. But <sighs> I gotta go first. Uh, right. Chris, what are you giving this thing? One to ten. Giving it a, I'm giving it a nine. Top five MCU movies, hands down. I agree with Lawrence. It's up there. It, it might be like, you know, No Way Home. Uh, this, this is, this is better than No Way Home. I'm sorry. Good, no Way man. Home got good at the halfway point when Andrew Garfield Tobey Maguire popped up. Nobody remembers the first half of that movie. That's With him true. going to school, I got to get my friends into college. It was just generic. It was generic the first half. It was just a his, regular Spider-Man movie. His Doctor Strange fight, like nobody talks about the first yeah, half. Well, no Way Home really capitalized on nostalgia. Right. Does so much for that film. This right. film just, just does good so story. much for itself. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I got to put it above. If I put it above, I'm with you, Chris. I'm putting it above No Way Home, then it's got to be a nine. Because I gave No Way Home a nine. This is a nine. Nine, nine. Rich, where are you standing with this one? I'm giving it a nine. Ooh. You know what? I, I am too. This movie. Jack, great. you're giving it a nine? This movie was phenomenal. It just was. It yeah, just was. For me, my experience of it was I was emotionally inve- invested and I had to 
fight back my own emotions in moments of this film because I cared about what's going on. That yeah, there was maybe one or two moments where I was like, okay, but beat for beat, frame for frame, the story was great. The characters were compelling. Everyone was behaving. I love it when they let heroes be heroic. Um, and when they weren't so heroic in certain moments, they were still themselves. You know, the, these characters aren't Superman and Batman. You know, they don't have exactly the strict moral code encompassed for what they do, but they're heroes and they're heroic. And, and and their code is clear. Like when Groot had the high evolutionary on the ground, he didn't kill him because we're guardians. Peter Quill was like, we have no choice. You guys are attacking us. Kill them all. Yeah. So you like yeah. you see their code. We don't want to kill you, but if you give me no choice, we'll break it. You're going to get these hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, this this yeah. movie was a home run from start to finish for me. Agreed, agreed. I mean, it hit it, dude. It hit it. I feel like I had one more point. I lost my train of thought again. Slow as that train was going, and he lost it. It's gone. It's gone. Maybe well, throw it in if it comes back. So we're giving this movie a solid nine. James Gunn, well done. Cast and crew, all the people that made this movie happen. Thank you. Oh, Thank I got my point back. It was what you said, Jack, because you talked about how everyone did everything logical and reasonable. And when they had their like their fight in the hallway with all the guardians fighting and how in sync they were, yeah. And the fact that Gamora was slightly yeah. out of sync, getting punched in the face because, but she figured she, it out by the end of it. Because you see her figure, because she wouldn't know how to fight with them, and I feel like that detail would be lost in other movies. Where here it's like she's not flowing yet, but then she gets the flow because this is the team she's supposed to be with. Yeah, man, this movie uh. was this movie was so good. And uh, to be honest, we've done a very crude job depicting what this film was. So you should go to the theaters and watch it if you haven't already. And if you haven't, and you watching this or listening to it, why? <laughs> cool, Thank though. you. like subscribe so that's our take on guardians of the galaxy volume three (laughs) chris can we get some recommendations recommendations sure sure so this was a great entry from a a third entry in in a franchise so there's been some other great good third entries i'm gonna give you a couple good ones no Way Home, we spoke about great third great third entry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back a little bit. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Fantastic third entry oh, in the franchise. My goodness. Logan for two. It's two only going, it only can go up. It can only go up. <laughs> two week movies. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. What? It was still, it was still a good movie. Like, it, was no. still, yeah, it was still a good movie. Christopher Nolan's not going to make a bad movie. but and That movie was bad. Yeah, it wasn't the bad. The end villain didn't have a showdown. Catwoman rolls up on a bat scooter and blows him up with the bazooka. This is a bad no, movie. There's no Batman Bane fight. This is yeah. a bad film. And at the end of the movie, wait, he's retired. Wait, hold on. The Dark Knight Rises is a bad film. Yeah. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. It's not a bad film, but in the movies you're listing it with, it is not. Yeah, the, the third, third entry. I didn't say the third one was better. I just said good third entries. Well, you might as well be listing like the third Terminator movie, which I couldn't even tell you what that was called. No, but it was garbage. Rise of the Machine. Yeah. Okay, right. that's my point. The second Terminator <laughs> was good. The second Batman yes. Dark Knight was good. 
So Chris, man. yeah, Chris, All right, you suck, Chris. I want to get and I want to give a whack recommendation to the worst third entry in the MCU, which is Iron Man three, which I will never, ever, ever rewatch ever in my entire life. That movie was so bad. That was He's not got a good paper one. Iron Man suits that just blow apart. The slightest contact of anything. How, makes how do you have the best Iron Man villain and make him just a caricature? Well, I, I, no, I, and such a great actor too. Yes. I have oh, to goodness. say, for an amazing actor in Robert Downey Jr. and a character that launched this whole thing, he's only had one good movie in a friend in his own franchise. Iron Man Two was whack, and so is Iron Man Three. Kind of true. <laughs> for he's, the great way, for the, he's, he's great in all of them. He's great yeah. in Iron Man Three, but That's to be true. the linchpin of this universe, he's Goes only back had to what one we're good about. story, story, story. If the content and on track. Then you're walking away with movies that are f- maybe fun to watch. It's not even fun to watch Iron Man three. No, that that one's- and that's where I'll say to anyone who says the issue with DC is they fast track their films. Marvel did too. They fast tracked all their films to get to the Avengers. Only difference is some of those movies were good. If it's good, we don't care. <laughs> if it's not good, it's a problem. Yep. Um. Yeah. Well, well good list, Chris. Great list, Chris. And I think that's our show. That's what we got. So thanks for tuning in. This has been an exciting episode of Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Lawrence, you want to finish us off here? I'll finish you guys off real good. Pause. Pause. Hello. Man, please leave a review. It helps us with the algorithm. Check out our YouTube. We have, you can see our beautiful faces give this review. And we have so much other geeky content. We got toy unboxings, uh, toy reviews, Batman the Animated Series rewatches. We got gameplay. We got it. Hit up our Instagram. Hit up our TikTok. We're dropping content all day, every day. And we'll be back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Peace. Peace. Hi, evolutionary. Hi, evolutionary. You morons. <sighs> um, real quick, he didn't want to kill Rocket because he didn't understand why he wasn't going to the world. He wanted to kill him because he was super smart and creative. Well, he didn't want to kill him at all. He wanted to, to take his brain. his brain. He was going to kill him to do that. He yeah, he's going to take his brain out. out. Yeah. But it wasn't because he wanted to kill him. He wanted to... He wanted his brain. He wanted the knowledge. He was gonna kill him. Yeah, he was. What are we talking about? He was gonna kill the guy. What happened? What did we say? You said he wanted to. He wanted to kill him because he didn't understand why he was able to figure out the complex equation, but he didn't understand why he he didn't figure out he wasn't going to this new world. Oh, I I don't. I, I was implying that that's why he was. So moved and, and absolutely, it was a real question. I don't, I don't know. Why'd you say that? Because yeah, we're talking too much. <laughs> Three brothers and a shot of milk. You're going to find us if you're looking for us. And if you're not looking for us. What are you doing with your life? <laughs>